Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about this phrase that's all over the internet. Okay, boomer. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we are talking about the ever-growing tension between baby boomers and us millennials. The first of the baby boomers are just starting to turn 75 now. Millennials, on the other hand, are about 23 to 38, the largest segment of the workforce, the longstanding butt of baby boomers jokes. We've been known for our participation trophies and our avocado toast and for killing big box store retailers and the baby boomer version of uh, kids these days. And now this phrase, okay boomer, is rocking the internet. As millennials have come to the point every generation does where they say old people just don't get it. And somehow all throughout history, people have been fooled into thinking that this phenomenon is somehow unique to them. That yes, you know, millennials are in fact the worst generation in human history. Or yes, baby boomers, they did destroy the world and they left it burning for their kids. But the truth It just isn't so dramatic. Every generation goes through this reckoning where they get tired of the generation before saying they're not good enough and they say they're going to be better than their parents. Yet they only fall into the same pattern a few decades later complaining about kids these days for the next generation. You know, we can go back at least as far to Aristotle in the fourth century before Christ. He wrote, young people think they know everything and they're always quite sure about that. And we can find other examples in antiquity of older writers criticizing everything from uh, the fashion to the morals to the work ethic of their younger contemporaries and also young people complaining about older people for restricting them um, and being careless with resources, etc. You know, the lazy millennial and the out-of-touch baby boomer controversy is really the same argument that's been made by every generation all the way back to the first days of the church. And when we realize that this phrase, okay, boomer, is really nothing new, but it's just a symptom of generational tension that's been present probably as long as there have been generations of people, then we can stop looking at the specifics of the insults the generations are throwing at each other right now, which probably isn't going to get us very far, and we can start looking for more fundamental solutions in the Bible. And there are probably lots of different places in Scripture we could turn to find kernels of advice uh, about this. The Proverbs have some. um, The Old Testament accounts shed some light here. uh, But I want to look specifically at Paul's letters to Timothy and Titus because they are really rich in this department. We have Paul, let's call him our boomer for this discussion. He already has a clearly established work. By the time he writes 2 Timothy, uh, he's nearing his death, or at least he, he feels like he is. So regardless, Paul is clearly on the way down in the roller coaster of life, whereas Timothy and Titus are on the way up. Let's call them are millennials. And Paul feels that he's going to die before the Lord returns. And so he's figuring out how to pass the baton on to these young Christians. And so his letters, they give us some incredible advice for both the young and the old and relieving generational pressure. First, his letters tell us that we should recognize there are differences between generations. Baby boomers 
and millennials are different, just like millennials and Gen Z are different, and boomers are different from the generations preceding them, the silent and greatest generations. We are shaped by different things that affect the collective conscience. You know, baby boomers, they saw TVs come into their home, and millennials were clearly shaped predominantly by the internet. It's good to recognize those differences. They, they're uh, there that, that shape who we are. But there's also differences based just on age and maturity. Just like there are discernible differences between men and women, younger and older people have differences which shouldn't be ignored. They should be observed, they should be appreciated, they should be honored, just like we do in a family setting. First Timothy 5, one through two warns not to rebuke older men, that they should be respected even when there are differences between young and old. Titus 2, two through eight shows that the old they shouldn't squander that respect, but use it wisely to help the older generations or the younger generations, excuse me. There are differences between the young and the old, and those differences, they should fuel our growth instead of becoming a point of tension. Just think about uh, in the workplace. Generally, young workers are accredited with energy. Older workers have experience. You can't run a business without both of those for very long. And while the energy of the young may occasionally clash with the experience of the old, you need both to move forward. And to a degree, I think that's Paul's point. Generational differences should help us grow together, not be something that tears us apart. Second, both young and older generations should prove that they are worthy of respect, not expect it out of presumption or privilege. Now, the Bible does say that the young have more to prove than the old, and that the old should be given the benefit of the doubt. For instance, uh, like I mentioned in 1 Timothy 5, it says, Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, with all purity. You know, older men, older women should be treated like fathers and mothers. They should be granted respect and not rebuked in a way intended to shame them. But Paul does not leave it there. Just because they are to be respected and often submitted to does not mean that they are perfect or that we shouldn't exhort them to change. To older generations, Paul would say, as he did in 2 Timothy 3.14, you must continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. In other words, to the old, Paul says, you have experience, but you have to use it. You have to live out what you know every day of your life. And when young people see that, they will know that even if you're not perfect, you are an example to follow. And when someone younger exhorts you to change, that is one of the ways you can make yourself worthy of respect. Now, to the younger generations, Paul says, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word and conduct in love and spirit and faith and in purity. Young people can't expect respect if they aren't living lives worthy of it either. And, and young people, they have more to prove. I think that's why Paul says, don't let anyone despise you. The default position is for the old 
to despise the young, whether that's right or wrong. So Paul says to millennials today, to Gen Z tomorrow, step up and live a life that the older generation will have a difficult time criticizing. Be an example of good speech and of good conduct, of love and faith, spirit and purity. Young people can, and they should in some instances, lead and be examples for the old. Finally, Paul's letters highlight the power of deep personal relationships between generations. You know, in the beginning of each of these letters to Timothy and then to Titus, Paul calls them sons. They, they were united perhaps in a relationship even closer than physical fathers and sons. And despite of, and actually maybe because of, the differences of generations, relationships between the young and the old can be some of the most powerful, but they aren't going to work with the animosity we see in most of the world. Cross-generational friendships require both the young and the old to see the value in their differences and in their experiences and in their worldviews. And the best way to do that is with some uniting cause, something that transcends all generations. Paul said what that cause was for him in Titus 1.4. He called Titus a true son in our common faith. Faith was what brought and held them together despite their differences, and it can do the same for the generations today. You know, the lazy millennial and the out-of-touch baby boomer controversy is nothing new. And the Bible has always given the generations a guide for respecting their differences and learning to use those differences to grow together rather than let it tear us apart. It's just up to us to listen. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down, studying God's word with you next time. Thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word. And I'm so glad you did it with us today. If you think that it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app, whether that's YouTube or Facebook or uh, Spotify. It helps us reach more and more people with the message of Jesus every single day. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.